You know what's worse than finding a worm in your apple? What? Like a lot of stuff. I mean, a lot of things. It's not that bad when you really think about it. Itch manners. Because cause the joke is normally half a worm in your apple, right? right? But yeah. like when you think about it, there's a lot of things it could be. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Hello, dear. How I thought you? you were going somewhere with that. Well, like the because the joke because it's a joke. And the joke I is th- what's worse than finding a worm in your apple, finding half a worm in your apple, because it's like you bit the worm. But the, Right, but I thought that you were actually going to a joke when you didn't really the, what oh, do they call that anti-humor? An anti-joke, yes. It was an anti-joke. Mm-hmm. Um, the I was trying to figure out something along the lines of like, do you like apples? And then you'd be like, yeah. And I'd be like, that's cool. Yeah, have an apple. Instead of like, how do you like doing apples? You know? But mm. listen, it's apples. I don't know. Apples are inherently funny. Uh, the other one I thought is like, I had a doctor's appointment today, but I ate an apple and the doctor canceled. I don't know. That's nothing. Because mm. the doctor. <sighs> oh, okay. Well, I kind of like that one. But it's all right. You're right. I mean, there are worse things. This is what I'm saying. We're talking about apples. Right, apples. Well, apple cider specifically. Or as I would call it, apple, apple, spicy apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a gallon? No, we have a half gallon of apple cider. I can't keep track. I have no idea. In our refrigerator as we speak. And we also have a bottle of sparkling apple cider. Or as we call it, and I don't know if this is a good parent moment or a bad parent moment, kid wine. Well, you know, we like wine, and the the kids, they want to have wine, but they can't have it. So we give them kid wine, <laughs> which is like the non-alcoholic sparkling juices. Yes. So let's let's make first a couple of distinctions. Yes, please. Are we going to talk about the difference between juice and cider, and can I guess? A little bit, yes. Yes, I can guess? Sure. I think the difference is that apple cider is like contains particulate apple apple bits part is it's unfiltered yes okay yes yes it is um and so in in Britain and other places around the world alcoholic cider is just cider right uh-huh. but in the US when we say cider, we are referring to the non-alcoholic unfiltered juice made directly from fresh apples. And it can be served warm or cold. Okay. So that's why here we say like a hard cider. Exactly. Okay. Which yes. is, that means like an alcoholic, which is always so funny to me. It's like, like a cider that's been working out. <laughs> then we have hard cider. Oh, it's tough. It's a tough cider. Um, there are lots of Over beverages. there in Britain, do they call it soft cider? Give me a soft cider. It's a non-alcoholic cider. No, I don't think so. I think it's just apple juice. So when we, in the U.S., when we talk about apple juice, it's been filtered and pasteurized. Yeah. Right? To last a lot longer. It's pretty shelf stable at this point. But there's filtered juice. I, I think there's filtered cider and there's unfiltered. Like, there's there's a lot of different distinctions. But here in the U.S., for our purposes, unfiltered 
pressed apples. Okay, non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic is cider. Which is always so fun here because like people will take said non-alcoholic cider and add a bourbon to it and maybe some melted butter and mulling spices. Oh, oh, sounds delicious. I want it so bad. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know what? Show's canceled. Thank you all so much. <laughs> so cider, hard alcoholic cider, uh-huh. hard cider, um, probably dates back all the way next to wine, yeah. right? Wine and beer. Like It's, it's old apples instead of old uh, grapes. That's right. That's right. Uh, scientists actually believe that the apple as a plant is nearly 50 million years old. Oh, wow. That's pretty old. Now, but fun fact, fun biblical fact, and uh-huh. that's rare, when people talk about the apple in the garden, probably wasn't an apple. It's probably, probably a pomegranate. pomegranate, pomegranate. There's, a lo- <laughs> There's a lot Took of a debate. Took a couple runs at it. Could be also a fig. Could be a fig. Yeah. Or a fig granted, which is what I, I what? crossbred them. No. So then when you break it open, a bunch of little figs in there. Or one giant pomegranate seed. Oh, my God, you're right. That would be great. Yeah, it would be. Man, the seeds are the most work. annoying part. It's the part you eat. That's not the part that I eat. Oh, you mean because you have the little bubbles right. of juice, and then yeah. they got the kernels. Yeah, the kernels I don't like. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Apples, not actually native to North America, like at all. Huh. Yeah. Okay. They probably originated in Kazakhstan. Really? And in Central Asia, east of the Caspian Sea. Okay. Okay. Because it is a very temperate climate that they require. I mean, it's temperate here. Yeah. No, it totally is, which is I don't know why. I I took that as an insult for summer. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean? It's temperate. We live in Ohio. It's temperate. Yes, yes. Um, There's evidence, there's prehistoric evidence that uh, apple trees are in pretty much every single temperate zone, right? Okay. And the way that they spread are bears. Bears? Oh, wow. Sorry. That's a big... Bears. <laughs> the bears ate it, then crossed across the frozen thing. You know, that one. Yeah, that's that bridge. The bridge, the land bridge, and then they pooped out the seeds. Um, so. Or the bears carried it with them, like a Johnny Apple bear. No. Bear any apple seeds. No, no, no. You were right the first time, the poops. Okay, because... but picture the first, the second one I sent of a pair with a, a bear with a pot on his head and a little satchel. Mm hmm. That's cute. Does he also like picnics? He does. <laughs> Um, because bears can go like 50 miles just inside their territory. Mm. Um, so that's, that's how they spread naturally, right? Okay. Uh, sorry, 50 miles, an average of 50 miles a day. Ooh, oh, wow, really? Wow, okay. Good job, bear. And the reason why this works so well is because the seeds are indigestible, right? Um, and then when they go through, the rest of the fecal matter is fertilizer, basically. Uh, speaking of, and this is worth noting, is uh, so apple seeds, often talking about, do contain, uh, was it arsenic? Yes. But in such low, low, low quantities, um, you would have to eat a lot of seeds all at one time to ever feel any effects of it. And, and most of, it would and they would have to be powdered because well, yes. they are indigestible. That's the other thing, right? So mostly when we talk about it, you're talking about extracting 
the arsenic from that. I think also like peach pits contain arsenic as well. And there is a process that you can extract the arsenic from them in usable form. But if you swallow like an apple seed while you're eating an apple, it's not going to make you sick. Right. It'll just come out in in Come out the way it went in. No, the other way. Well, no, I didn't mean the same direction. I meant in the same form. (laughs) The same form. That's right. Um, So the early uh, Kazakhstani apples... Uh, were developed and modified over thousands of years into the multiple species of apples that we enjoy today. Um, They probably started with, like, sour crab apples, right? Okay. Um, Around 750 years ago or so. Um, And they weren't actually fully cultivated um, by Neolithic farmers in modern-day Asia until about 8,000 years ago. But, I mean, of course, since they were around for the hunter-gatherer um, times, uh-huh. they were very important still. So here's the thing. You really could only eat apples after they'd been fermented. They were so hard yeah. and so sour. They were not—it wasn't like picking off the tree to eat no. at all. Have you ever eaten a crab apple? Tried to once. Yeah, Gross. Gross, gross, gross. My uh, great-grandmother on my mom's side, I think, had a crabapple tree that like grew in her backyard. Don't recommend it. I have never enjoyed the smell, so I've never been tempted to. Oh, but you're also um, smarter and, and oh. not <laughs> as impulsive as I am, where she's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is food. But, I mean, like I said... You can eat crab apples, um, but they're just so bitter, you know, and that's why people for thousands of years pressed them into juice, which then they would let ferment, uh, you know, wildly ferment. There's no like like a scoby or whatever we've talked about with sure. uh, with um, kombucha. Ah. So you basically, like like people used to do with sourdough bread, you just leave it out, leave it open. Well, they don't used to do it. I what? St- I still make sourdough bread like that. You make wild yeasted sourdough? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, you know, I've seen you with the little packets. No, I don't put packets in my sourdough. Get out of the town. I put packets in when a specific recipe calls for it, but I don't okay. put it into my starter. How dare you? <laughs> I've had a sourdough going for about, what, 19, 20 months now? And you're like, you put yeast in there? Oh, my God. I should have you up on charges. (laughs) Okay. I don't feel like you're taking this seriously. I'm outraged and you're giggling like a school child. How could you? You don't sound outraged. I am outraged. You sound like you're playing at outrage. No, just because I sound like Schmidt from New Girl doesn't mean I'm not really mad. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. This All is right. the respect I get in my own home. I got to bring this back in. Ah. <sighs> okay. Cider was trendy. Yeah, okay. of course, yeah. It spread literally everywhere. Um Every- Anywhere there was a temperate zone and people were moving around, they moved apples with them. Speaking um, of, oh, oh, can I talk about him? I don't know if you had notes in him, but I mentioned Johnny Appleseed earlier. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. This is a great time for that. Okay, I'm because totally going to. the original Johnny Appleseeds were the Romans. 
But they didn't do it by seed. They spread their apples everywhere. They had their empire through grafting branches. Oh, interesting. So cool. But go on. Okay, I'll tell you about Johnny Appleseed right after this message for our sponsors. I thought we called those thank you notes. It is thank you notes. I just got so excited. Schmanders wants to write a very special thank you note to Wild Alaskan Company. If you like to cook, you know that flavorful meals start with high-quality food and simple ingredients. With Wild Alaskan Company, their seafood is frozen right after it's caught for peak freshness. So you can avoid the fuss of unhealthy sauces and over-seasoning. Instead, all you need are a few simple ingredients and you've got a delicious lunch or dinner for you or your whole family. Wild Alaskan Company delivers high-quality, sustainably-sourced, wild-caught seafood right to your door. Choose from salmon, cod, halibut, and more. Each shipment contains premium cuts of individually-wrapped portions of delicious seafood that are ready to prepare and easy to cook. Wild Alaskan Company seafood is always wild, never farmed or modified, and it contains no antibiotics. Right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash schmanners. That's wildalaskan, A-L-A-S-K-A-N dot com slash schmanners. We also want to write a thank you note to Aura. Between your photos, finances, devices, and connections, your world is more online than ever. You may have security systems in place for real life, but what about your online life? Aura can sound the alarm if your digital presence is at risk. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threat fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name, Aura is easy to set up. All plans come with a $1 million identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds and experienced U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. With an easy online dashboard and alerts sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners up to 40% off plans when you visit Aura.com slash schmanners. Go to Aura.com slash schmanners to get complete protection and savings of up to 40%. That's A-U-R-A dot com slash schmanners. Hey, kid, your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So, yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on Maximum Fun. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) Doctor Who? Yeah. Johnny Appleseed was a real person, right? And and it's it's difficult sometimes because American folklore being what it is, Mm -hmm. it is often hard to discern uh, fact from fiction. But uh, his name was John Chapman. Um, and he was born in Massachusetts in 1774. And he basically, he planted apple tree nurseries in the Allegheny Valley, which is, uh, you know, the va- valley with the Allegheny Mountains uh, mm-hmm. that runs, I want to say it's like Pennsylvania and Ohio. 
something like that. But uh, he started it in Pennsylvania about 1798, and then he traveled west through Ohio, planting as he went, and he would walk for miles every day, uh, sleep outdoors, uh, exactly what you think of when you think of Johnny Appleseed, uh, and he would plant these, like, tree nurseries. Uh, and one of the interesting things about him is he was very good at kind of predicting where the next settler rush was going to be. Mm. So he could plant one of his tree nurseries there, have it growing by the time they got there. Boom. Um, and it's also, uh, the the trees that he was planting, much as we have discussed, were not like sweet dessert apples. These were cider apples. Right, yeah, yeah because that's basically how everybody knew apples. You weren't really eating apples out of hand. You were pressing them into cider. Delicious, alcoholic, hard cider. Um, and... He was very memorable for, uh, instead of a shirt, he wore a sack with holes for his head and arms. Uh, on his feet were worn out shoes or no shoes at all. And he carried a bag of apple seeds. There you go. So uh, it's it's not actually that far off from what we think of as Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. So one of the reasons why he probably did that is because the early colonists at that time didn't really understand water pollution. Oh. They didn't, like, figure out... Oh, that yeah, you... this is... We've talked about this with the beer stuff, right. too, where they were like, everybody's drinking the water and they get sick. Must be demons! <laughs> <laughs> but not not just that, but they didn't understand, like, the runoff they were creating and yeah. the sewage, and it was just... They had, they had, like, such a poor concept of keeping the drinking source clean that... Pretty much everybody drank cider. I mean, there's even references that um, babies were given cider. And I know that we hear this a lot more with beer, but the fact of the matter is the um, Atlantic colonies, right, were actually not as good for growing like hops and wheat. They were better at growing apples, Mm. And not until much later when, you know, the westward expansion started were people able to actually grow grain and hops for beer. Yeah. And also at this time, I mean, I assume if it's the same as like short beer, um, when we talk about these, they were also not as good. I mean, obviously, they didn't have the same kind of serialization and, and technologies as we do. So the alcohol content would have been lower, right? They probably weren't giving kids like, you know, 11%. Probably ABV, not. You know? But Alex very interestingly gave me a tidbit about making your apple cider more alcoholic. Go on. So what you would do is you would take your, your hard cider and you would leave the barrel open outside over winter. So what would happen is the water would freeze, but the alcohol would stay in, right? So you wait for it to kind of separate a little bit. You take the ice out of it from the water, and you can do that several times, thereby, like, just getting condensing condensing it it into, like, a thick, syrupy alcohol. Wow. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, my. Lanza, I don't know how I feel about that. seems risky. Mm Mm-hmm. So um, everybody loved it. George Washington loved it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sam Adams loved it. So you know it's true. Um, And around this time, Washington 
was busy with his political career, right? I and wish you all at home could see how Teresa just damn it, like physically <laughs> acted out political career. She did this kind of like no, arm that, pumping. That's busy. That's busy. Not political. Are you sure? Because you didn't start doing it until you said the words <laughs> political career, and it looked like you were like very uh, pointedly marching down. Hup, 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 hup. And so when young Washington ran for Virginia's House of Burgess in 1755, he thought that the current practice of basically buying people drinks to secure votes uh, was crude and ungentlemanly. So he didn't do it, and he lost. (laughs) Well, there you go. But in— So wait, it was literally back then like someone you could have a drink with. Yeah, totally. Okay. So in 17... Not a new idea. Uh, not okay. a new idea. Nothing new under the sun. 1758, uh, his campaign served up 144 gallons of hard cider to potential voters, and he breezed into his new office. Okay. I mentioned that uh, Sam Adams also loved cider. He and did, beer, that and, guy. And beer. I have to assume. He believed that uh, cider counted as one of your apples a day. (laughs) Huh. (laughs) To keep the doctor away. I can't prove that it doesn't, but that feels wrong, doesn't it? Jefferson, Ben Ben Franklin all uh, loved cider. Also, um, Jefferson had a very large orchard in Monticello. All this kind of stuff, right? Um, So there is a, a very historical significance, especially in the U.S., for uh, for cider until... Wait, when? Until the waves of immigration from Germany and Europe over the years brought a deep love of beer. Okay. And people settled in the Midwest, started growing more grain, more hops in the better climate, right? I completely forgot how time worked for a second because I thought you were going to say prohibition. Oh, uh, but definitely I'm sure that prohibition. Came way longer because I was just having the thought process as I'm listening to you talk about like all of these founders who loved cider, and I was like, so how come here in the U.S. if you say cider, you're talking about the non-alcoholic version, and in Britain if you say cider, you're talking about the alcoholic version, and then it hit me. Prohibition. Prohibition. Prohibition was the difference. Okay. Um. So, but I jumped way ahead. (laughs) Well, I mean, we can go there. We totally. You want to go there? We're going. You want to go there? Um, Prohibition made producing liquor uh, into a crime in the United States. We know, and so one of the in vogue thing that uh, anti alcohol farmers would do is torch their orchards. What a waste! Yeah, I know, right? In the early 1800s, farmers would mow down their entire orchard because they couldn't imagine using apples for anything besides pressing them into cider. What about pie? I know, right? So many other things you can use apples for. Yeah. I mean, throwing them at each other, if nothing else, using them to scare away birds. I wouldn't do that. That seems mean. (laughs) But if you're a farmer, maybe. The loophole that kept cider alive is that it wasn't technically hard liquor or beer or wine, right? So you could still drink it during Prohibition if you could find it. Oh, okay. 
1920, cider prices leapt up to several dollars a gallon, which is a lot in 1920. Um, And the prices skyrocketed because a lot of farmers, the ones that hadn't gotten rid of their orchards, were hoarding them, right, for cider making. Um, And so those few years of prohibition, cider was actually served instead of champagne or scotch for New Year's. Get out. Um, And finally... Uh, the cider dilemma. That's where my quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah. Six months into prohibition was addressed. Uh, the newly formed Bureau of Prohibition. That sounds really fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm glad finally someone's sticking it to prohibition. I'm proud of you for having the courage to say that prohibition sounded like no fun. <laughs> finally, someone stands up to prohibition made a public ruling that there, the ban on fruit juices, non-intoxicating beverages, including apple cider, uh, made it a loophole so that everybody could homebrew their own spirit. Because it's just apple juice, guys. Okay. You thought I was going the other way, right? But so, Okay. So they officially said, like, it's fine, you can't... The, no, no, no. They officially said, does not include apple cider. Oh, okay. Um, because, so so we had that toast, the New Year's champagne toast, and then on uh, the 16th of January was when Prohibition took a hold. And they were like, hey, hey, no. No. You can't have this. You know what, cider... Alcohol, now we just realized. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Happy New Year. Sorry. Um, so today, ciders are all throughout the Western world and, um, and East Asia and made from all kinds of fruits like peaches oh, and yeah. dragon fruit and kiwi and, and all of that great stuff. What's your favorite kind of cider? Do you have like a favorite fruit cider? Hard cider? I love pear cider. Yeah. I thought that's so that's a, good. I, there's a very good pineapple cider. I think Ace makes it. Or maybe that's just the name of it, but I like pineapples anyway. But you know what I really love? What? I love warm, like non alcoholic, regular uh, apple cider with rum and a little pat of butter. Oh, mm. I prefer bourbon, but that's just because I'm classy and a gentleman. Um, it's more uh, historically accurate for the United States because rum was the drink of choice for the colonists uh, because of the uh, molasses. I mean, sure, but it's not as good as bourbon. Important. There, I said it. <laughs> okay. Let's let's move on to some etiquette. Um, it's more historical etiquette. Okay. Because if you like it, you should drink it. And you put a ring on it. Indeed. The English custom of wassailing. Uh-huh. We've talked about this A on Christmas bit. episodes, right? Yeah. Yep, get yep. drunk and sing and take things from people's house. <laughs> it's all cider-based because the customary drink of a wassailing is mulled and spiked apple cider. Mm. Um, and so, you know, you can, you can bring it out to your orchard and everybody can sing and drink and have a holiday party among the trees. Ugh. And take things from people's houses. Because that's what it is here. We go wassling, and then they're like, mm-hmm. there's a line in there about, oh, no, sorry, that's a different one. Now that's bring us some finger pudding. Yeah. yeah. We won't go until we've got, so it's very <laughs> threatening in there. Speaking of things that are not fun, 
There's a Puritan tradition. Oh, man. <laughs> around, them again. Around apples. Um, Throw them away. Too sweet. They were called apple bees. <gasps> wait, wait. What? 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 No, I no relation. No, there has to be. There isn't. You can't tell me that there's a thing called Applebee's and that Applebee's isn't related to Applebee's. Listen to what listen, I just said. And listen tell me how- to me. It was named after a random name in the phone book that the founders of the restaurant fell in love with. Sure. But do you think that that random name from the phone book originally came from this? I mean, there's no way to say. I'm saying it right here. Applebee's? Puritanical. So during a beer. That and their Brutuses, Puritanical Big Beer Steins, Puritanical Tato Skins. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> uh, during a bee, the farmers would set out every empty pail, pan, tub, and basket that they could get their hands on. They would then heap barrels of apples in a center of the room, and then everyone would come over, and with the help of your neighbors, you could empty the barrels, pair and quarter the apples, and fill every empty vessel around. That's a chore. Those are chores? Yeah, it's just to have apples? That's not a party. Those are chores. I don't chores. understand this. Okay. You, okay. So no, I get it. You invite all your friends over. To help you peel apples. Peel and, de- and like, core and cut up the apples that you're going to maybe press into cider, but you're Puritan, so probably not. No, you probably just pickle them? Dry them. Dry them. In, uh, gross. And then you would um, use them in your pies and baking by rehydrating them in the sugar syrup. Do you think they would eat them then? I don't know. I mean, because if I help my friend move, at least I get pizza. You know what I mean? If I come over and help you core apples and you're like, all right, bye. Like, <laughs> we're not going to eat the apples. And you're like, no, we're saving those apples for when they're dried out. Yeah. Um. So a few more, a few more I've got. It is customary in times of celebration to splash tree roots with liberal amounts of apple cider to encourage the orchard to have an even greater apple production the next year. Something about that I feel weird about. Feels like somebody kind of throwing my own blood on my feet, but I can't figure it out. Well, so, I mean, the apple tree would inevitably drop some apples, which would also rot, right? Enriching the soil. No, I understand the logic. Oh, okay. I understand if I was the tree, I'd be like, I can't believe this. What? You're mocking me. With my own juice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, So here's another one. Um, Before, you know, TV and other fun things to do, people were very bored. So young women would test their cooking skills in the colonies and would challenge each other to pair an entire apple in one long single peel. Okay. Listen, you take that back because that sounds fun. Can you imagine? Like, I. Wait a minute. That sounds fun. Okay. Listen, hear me out. In this day and age, that's a TikTok challenge right there, baby. I don't know what to tell you. That's what people are doing now of like, can you flip a bottle over? Someday, people will look back 200 years and be like, I guess everyone was so bored because they would flip bottles in the air. And if they <laughs> landed straight up, they'd just go wild, just cheering. It was the greatest form of entertainment on the planet. So you would... Take your long peel, right, which you had to have skills to do, I guess, and then you would throw it over your shoulder. You were just so dismissive. I challenge you I, to peel an apple in one long string. It's not hard. I can do it. Excuse, now, honestly, let me give you a dull, old-timey knife like they would have had. You didn't know that they had old-timey dull knives. This you can make a time. very sharp knife. You think a sharp now? You think they had Ginsu's back then? No. 
Anyway, I don't know why. I don't know why I'm taking it side over over yours. I love you. (laughs) Based on how the peel landed, it would show you the initials of the person you were going to marry. See, you didn't even tell me it was magic peels. (laughs) And if you already had plenty of bows, uh, you could take two apple seeds. One for the two that you're choosing between, I suppose. Uh, Lick them and place them on your cheek. Whichever seed stayed on the longest was the one uh, who had the truest heart. Now, it's important when you do this to decide which seed is which before you do it. Because if it falls, (laughs) you're like, wait, is that Doug? Was that Doug or Derek? Ah! Apple cider wasn't the only important apple byproduct that you would make during your harvest season. Uh, You could make apple butter. Right? Oh, yeah. You could also make apple sass. Apple sass is apple butter relish with a molasses-like consistency. What? That sounds amazing. Oh. Um, a lot of people, like I Isn't said. Isn't it funny? that they, I wonder why it's called apple butter instead of apple jelly. Because that's what it is. I mean, it's not butter. Well, okay. So I think that jelly and jam... They require cooking and sugar added, uh-huh. whereas I don't know if apple butter requires cooking uh, or added sugar. I'm now going to look. Travis Googles it. Um, and you would, I mentioned earlier about the drying of apples. Yes, people would often dry apples by hanging them from their home's rafters. Oh, okay. I bet it smelled good. Do you know why New York is called the Big Apple? Mm, no. It began in the 1920s when sports journalist John J. Fitzgerald uh, wrote a column for the New York Morning Telegraph. And he referred to the substantial prizes of the many racehorses in New York as the Big Apple, symbolizing oh. the biggest and best one can achieve. And it stuck. So basically what I'm finding is that Apple butter, this is from simplyrecipes.com. Apple butter is made by slowly cooking pureed apples for over an hour. The sugars in the apples caramelize as the puree cooks, giving the apple butter its rich, sweet flavor and dark color. In contrast to what the name implies, there's no butter in apple butter. The name comes from its smooth and buttery texture. But I've also found on Chowhound that it's closer to a jam. So it basically is but because it's more of a nickname, it sounds like to me, that it's like a jam or jelly that is nicknamed butter because of how smooth it is. You know, I bet. I bet you could take um, filtered apple juice and turn that into actual apple jelly because you could probably do that. You might have to add pectin or gelatin in order to make it a jelly, But I feel like that would be closer to it. Yeah, but so basically now, according uh, to mykuchen.com, it's basically apple jam. It's just called apple jelly. Uh, Or apple butter. butter. Excuse me. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so there really is no distinction. It's just nomenclature. Yes. Another successful Travis Google. That's going to do it for us, I think. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thank you to Alex our researcher, without whom we would not be able to make this show. It was so juicy. Thanks, Alex. Uh, Ah. Speaking of, Alex is helping research and write another show. In fact, I will say she is the researcher and writer on another show, Chasing Immortality. It's a new podcast that I am executive producing that tells the stories of people throughout history who have tried to cheat death in a myriad of ways, most of the time 
pretty creepy. Uh, it's creepy good. It is creepy good. Uh, it is uh, narrated by Tybee Diskin. It is written by Alex. Uh, it is uh, produced by Alice Flanders. It is executive produced by me. And it is sound designed by Doug Borntrigger. It's called Chasing Immortality. You can find it at chasingimmortalitypod.com or by searching Chasing Immortality in your podcatcher. Uh, the first episode is out. The second one's probably out at this point when you're listening to this. In fact, I know it will be. The first episode is about James Schaefer, who claimed that the only reason people died is because they were taught that it was inevitability. So he wanted to raise a baby to not accept death as a thing that had to happen and thereby become immortal. And the second episode is about cryogenic freezing. Mm. Uh, so, or specifically, cryonics. So if that sounds interesting to you, go check it out. Uh, and go check out all, uh, all the shows at MaximumFun.org, Schwanner's podcast home. You can go to Macroy.family to check out all the Macroy projects there. And the new merch. And the new merch. Yes, it's the new month, and that means new merch. There's a lot of really cool stuff over there. MacroyMerch.com. Who else do we thank, Teresa? We always thank Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. We also thank Kayla M. Wassel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Our uh, Twitter handle is at SchmannersCast, and that's where we get uh, etiquette questions when we have topics that require explaining. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I fell off my horse there. Yeah, it happens. So also we thank Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for uh, the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. Go ahead and join that group if you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans. Alex, by the way, reads every email sent to us at schmannerscast at gmail.com. We are always accepting topic suggestions and idioms and, you know, just, hey. All, all that good stuff. Hey, Alex's. <laughs> uh, also, thank you to Rachel, our editor, without whom we would not be able to make this show. And that's going to do it for us, so join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners. Schmanners. Get it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.